0: This is the Straight Dope, episode 44, Tripods. I've had a couple user questions, and those user questions have been focused on how I use the tripods because I notice that I carry them around and I use them a number of different ways. So let's get started. I started using my tripod a lot when we developed the Riflecraft Challenge and then honed my techniques doing the Riflecraft Challenge because I wanted to be able to test standing from a variety of heights kneeling from a variety of heights, seated from a variety of heights, and prone from high prone all the way down to the flat ground. And so uh, initially I was doing 10 positions and I would just take a couple inches off and then take a couple inches off and work my way down so that there was kind of like a full spectrum elevation test. And I noticed that the tripods that I had were cheaper less commonly used tripods and then I was getting different amounts of mechanical wobble in the system and what I was really hoping to do was test my fundamentals not the inherent mechanical wobble of the system and and now since then I've kind of changed a little bit of my perspective on the ability to control some of the mechanical wobble as a shooter but you know really there's an advantage to having a well-built Tripod that can handle a load that's heavier than your rifle system, and then maybe the load that you're going to put into it. So that's when I started to experiment with putting a bag on the on the tripod uh, and putting a variety of things onto the tripod, including clamps to clip your rifle into uh, the the hog saddles, and and then just um, other other techniques to try to get your rifle system to an elevation that you might need. To shoot from. Now, I think that there's a huge advantage to this, and I understand that people have been doing it for a very long time and in a variety of ways, but to be able to carry something that can support your rifle uh, securely and be able to adjust the height of that is a huge advantage in just about every single application of a rifle out there. So, But you also need to understand what works and what doesn't work. Nobody's going to be able to tell you what's going to work in your application, but it doesn't hurt to hear how it's being used and and I have fortunately done a lot of testing with this and and done a lot of um analysis and played with different tripods so on and so forth. I think that the one argument that I hear a lot is just the weight and 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 to me you know there's there's a balance between. You know you need to you, carrying more and having more skill, obviously the the more skill you have, the less you need to carry because you're able to do more with less. so we're talking about balancing skill and uh strength to me, the difference in a couple pounds really is is negligible when I get to plan out my whole kit and I get to weigh the strengths and balances of different functional uses of the equipment that I have. Uh, I understand and appreciate the value that a tripod can add, and so being able to carry a stable tripod that i don't have to question its you know mechanical wobble and its functionality over over something else uh, you know I, I just I, it's just it's a it's a non factor for me, but some people want to carry the lightest possible equipment. I think that if you plan on trying to get the lightest possible loadout, just ask yourself whether. You're actually gaining what you think you're gaining because because shaving pounds and ounces in theory makes you have to work less. If you if you have to work less and you get to where you need to go, but you can't make that shot, is it worth it? Whereas you know a couple if you, if you're training for a couple of months, if you have to carry you know another eight ounces, ten ounces, twelve ounces, sixteen ounces, thirty-two ounces, uh, if you have to carry a little bit more weight, you can get yourself absolutely capable of carrying that and functioning at a very high level physically. If the difference can make or break your shot, it's not worth it. So I think that that you only you, you're the only one that can tell me uh the the, the philosophy of use for your equipment. But for me I, I don't find too many scenarios where a little extra weight for something that can provide, you know, almost an MOA difference sometimes. Um I'm going to carry the heavier object. Now, what you shoot off of off the tripod uh can wi- wildly vary. Now, just the tripod, the base, the diameter of itself, I found the wider the diameter, the more stable the platform's going to be. So, the narrower that base where the legs come together, uh, you're going to you're going to see a little bit of mechanical wobble increased. At least I have seen that. And Putting a bag directly onto that and shooting is probably the most stable position that I have. In fact, I'm not a group shooter, so if I you know went out there and tried to get into a contest of, of group shooting, certainly not gonna win it. But my best groups actually are, are shooting standing off a tripod with a bag on it. And if I take that bag on the tripod and I put a um, ARCA clamp on it, like the Anvil Thirty ball head. I love it, but it adds a tenth to my group. If you know, I'm talking about high. You know, I'm not talking about single shot groups. I'm talking about like twelve shot groups. It's about a tenth more, and I think that that just has to do with the mechanical wobble and and um, the platform that, that's developed by clipping it straight in. On the other hand, clipping it straight into an ARCA clamp provides you with a lot of options that you don't have when you have just the bag on the tripod. Because if something happens or you, you 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 aren't in a completely stable position, you have to manage the weight of the rifle, the bag, the tripod as independent objects. And sometimes they're very hard to move. Uh, and so you're starting to deal with a number of, of things to be able to take that stable shot. Whereas if I'm going to run out into the field or if I'm going to do something that involves a lot of movement, I want to have fewer items, and I'm perfectly comfortable going out with no bag at all. If I, if I, I mean, I've, I've got Git Light in a lot of my bags, and so I don't really notice that weight either, but if I'm just going to run out and shoot, um, and, and I don't need to think about the position as much if I, if I know I have a tripod, because whatever the elevation I need to shoot from, I just clip in and shoot from it. And adding a tenth is adding a mile an hour of wind, more or less of of uncertainty, or or adding a tenth to your group of uncertainty, uh, but but what that does for me in terms of stability and confidence makes up for that, and so uh, I've gone out and tested that, and uh, I've tested it in a number of matches, but but probably the most commonplace that I've tested the use of the tripods because of the design of the, of the course of fire. You know, I mean, of course, when I go out by myself, I could do this, but at a match, like if you went to an NRL or a PRS match, like they've, they've got barricades that you have to shoot from and they've got a sequence that you have to shoot from. So it's hard to say, oh, I'm going to shoot the whole match from my tripod because you can't do that. They tell you where to shoot from. Whereas at an NRL hunter match, uh, they, they, they basically say, you know, here's zones that you need to shoot from or you, or, or you get out there in the terrain and you could probably get yourself a prone shot between bushes. But if you get up above the bushes, then you've got more options as long as your muzzle's clearing those brushes. So I've gone out and I've tri- tested a variety of shooting options. One, shooting a bag off the tripod and another one clipped into the tripod. and I, And I decided when I went to those matches, even if there's prone shots, I'm going to shoot the whole thing clipped in to the tripod or on a bag on the tripod. And I, and I found that that really my overall hit percentage didn't change. Um, and and really for those, for me finding the targets, referencing, keying it in and not making the metal mistakes that, that you hear about uh, good shooters talking about some of the great things about that course of fire design is it gets you excited, it tests a lot of your process. But when it comes to the shooting, I, I didn't notice a hit percentage difference when I was shooting clipped in tripod with a bag on it, or you know mixing up the positions and trying to choose the most optional op, optimal position. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, clipping into the tripod takes away some of the guessing game and looking for positions because you set it to the height you need it, and then you shoot, and you don't worry about it. So that that's my stance on clipping in. Now I haven't messed around with tack tables very much. I bought one, but it didn't fit on my Arca clamp. So I haven't really been able to use it. Uh, but I was talking about tables and people started sending me, um, messages and pictures. And also, I mean, uh, literally dozens of pictures and messages that people just, uh, go get a piece of, um, carbon fiber plate at like a hardware store or wherever you get carbon fiber plates. And then an Arca, Arca, uh, little, um, Piece and then they just glue They epoxy them together I've seen a lot of epo- Homemade tack tables With, with, with epoxy And um, some sort of A mount for ARCA And those look great And, and the feedback From those people Are that, that they're amazing They're cheaper They're better You can customize it I've also seen people Send me pictures of uh, Two by fours and two by sixes with screws in it that they could put straight into the top of their tripod. And then over the the two by four and the two by six, a game changer kind of fits perfectly and clamps onto there and, and provides them a stable platform. So I've seen a lot of really creative, uh, uses of, of things onto their tripod to allow them to put a bag or something like that. For me, just putting the bag straight on top of the tripod tends to work pretty good. Uh, but it, it could be a hassle to do that. And, uh, if you're off balance or something like that, it can make it easy for your gun or the bag to kind of roll out of place. Then you got to pick it all up and, and manage that. Whereas you don't need to do that at all if you clip into the, to the ball head. So to me, really there's no competition with the, the anvil ball head right now, but I've heard that people are coming out with, with uh, competitive options. We've messed around with, um, with modifying clamps and ball heads and, and, um, other things and have found some pretty good stability. But so far, still, I haven't seen comparable uh, stability from anything but that but that anvil, if you're clipped directly in, and then if, if I can't have that kind of stability, I just put the bag onto the ball head. Now, using the tripod, uh, one of the questions said, you know, there was some debate and they want me to talk about my uh, what I've seen with the position of the tripod in terms of one leg forward, two legs back, or two legs forward, one leg back, well, I can tell you that I learned a hard lesson trans- transitioning positions. Uh, with I started with the one leg forward. I typically shoot with one leg forward, two legs back, uh, if I'm if I'm just doing a standard position. But honestly, the terrain. If the terrain's really uneven, I usually put two legs downhill, one leg uphill, and I'll try to get one of those legs pointed towards the target so that I can kind of lean as I as I use my recoil management and I. Add weight to the to the tripod uh, because I usually put my hand uh, underneath the stem of the ball head and I provide a little bit of weight to that system. I kind of lean into it and then I shoot and I transferred positions. But when I did that, it 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 rotated the tripod such that it was kind of pushing into two legs and I got the the rear left leg came off the ground. I didn't really notice it because I was leaning into it a little bit and I was having some elevation issues. I got excited and and shot um shot low and then shot low because it was I was having um because the one of the legs was off the ground yeah I mean that that's the answer and so making sure that you at least your recoil management and your mass is leaning in directly into one of those legs uh will help prevent that but if you don't practice it, it's actually pretty easy to get one of those legs off the ground. And when you watch people use tripod as rear support, it's really common to see people are really excited. They feel two legs on the ground, but they don't notice that one leg is floating, and that's going to not provide the same kind of stability. And so you need to build in that awareness because, uh, like I've mentioned before, like you can only pay attention to so much and be aware of it. It's just one of those things that that it sounds really common sense. It sounds like you would just say "duh," but if you film yourself, you could catch yourself doing something that you didn't even realize was happening. And so based on the terrain that I'm in, I'm going to point a, a leg towards the target. and I'm going to make sure when I build that position that I have a leg towards the target so that my mass is leaning into that. Now, an exception to that would be if, for example, I extended a rear leg straight back and use that for left and right stability. When, I, when it, 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 and, and and you had the, the ball head, you slid the rifle back so that the, the the attachment point was closer to where you would traditionally put a bipod. And now you're back, and so you're trying to control the butt stock and you tr- control that. And one of the tricks to that is have a long rear leg where you've got two, two legs forward and one leg back, but it's long, and you kind of wrap your arm or your leg around it, and you can really lean back into that and and then uh put put that mass forward into the two legs uh I, the thing is like with the two legs forward you think that like a bipod that would control uh some windage issues but you know you're you're clipped into it so it's pretty sta- in terms of mechanical stability if you've got weight into all three legs uh you it's it's not quite the same on the other hand If it's blowing wind really hard and you have something like that and you can anchor yourself to one of the legs, uh, that's a tremendous amount of stability for your body. And you might think that it sounds funny that wind would blow you around enough to be able to see it, but I've seen it and it's real. And, and it's not blowing the tripod around like it's blowing you around. So if you have a way to anchor yourself to that tripod, and one of the ways to do that is an arm or a leg around one of the legs. And if you have to be creative, uh, then probably the most creative options that I have seen are two legs forward, one leg back. And the one leg back is longer so that you can uh, maneuver how your body is anchored into that. And you can even put, a, put an elbow on the leg or... Uh, your knee wrapped around it, and then uh, your your elbow on your knee. Uh, if if it's like a kneeling position, but but messing around with it that way, I think provides you with with some field functionality that you may have not considered out there. And so, if the position is really awkward, and I don't have a really good stable point, you know, I could stabilize myself on the tripod as well, and I'll kind of wrap myself around one of the legs. And I think that's a really cool use of it when it's two legs forward, one leg back. But really, like if you're just providing essentially mass, like you're grounding into the tripod, you don't, you know, and you're standing up and it's relatively flat or something like that. I don't think that you, you know, I'm not a big fan of loading the rifle all that much. I I do traditional recoil management, I think. But at the point where you're pushing the rifle forward, like let's say you you got on concrete and you had your, your bipods out, Um, and you bridge into the rifle, you know, like you lift the, the rifle up, the buttstock up and you connect that with wherever it's going to connect on your body. And then you drop down, um, you know, as you drop down, obviously like that is going to slide the bipods forward just a little bit on concrete, but I. I'm not going to push into it any more than that. So if you look, it's pretty neutral, and it it could just sit there. It's it's just a minimal amount of pressure forward, and I kind of maintain that minimal pressure forward in in all my shooting. I don't drive the rifle with massive force. If there's something to block the legs of the bipod, uh, you know, I double and triple check that I'm not just yarding into it with a lot of force. Like you see um, some people... Some people love that, like pushing their their bipod legs really hard and stuff or cram- or jamming the rifle forward into something um now with the chassis that i use i don't I don't really get mechanical shift when I do that, but I have seen it in carbines, uh, especially cheaper carbines uh when you do that like let's say you had a Harris bipod and and a cheap carbine, and you really load those legs or the or the torque into the legs is not uniform, you can have some massive point of impact shifts. Uh, And if you have a cheap chassis or something like that, you could see point of impact shifts with that torque being driven into the chassis. So it's something that you would want to check on paper anyway. But I don't do that. And so to make a short story long, it's the same thing with the tripod. I really don't drive that tripod forward. I kind of, I weighed it down with myself, you know, just like I would be grounding into the tripod so that, you know, we're both, um, you know, it's providing me stability. And I have a little bit of forward mass into it, and I've got, you know that minimal contact with the buttstock of the rifle that I, that I would the same thing that I would do prone, and, and that allows me to have good recoil management and not,, you know, ideally, not losing my, my sight picture. And, and most of the time, I don't lose my sight picture, but you know when you're outside and the position is a little bit janky. Maybe you would lose your sight picture a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I, I, I... It doesn't happen very often, but I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, and so for me, I try to put one leg forward and aim it at the target. And when I transition positions, it's in my process to aim that leg forward. But I will intentionally break that if the position is less stable or it's windy and I have the ability to take that single rear leg and pull it back and wrap myself around it somehow for added stability. Now I don't do the cross arm torque weirdness that sometimes you see people do with straps and slings and you know reaching across the, the tripod because I think that adds unnecessary muscle tension and torque through your system and I think that that could have a point of impact shift that's more profound than just being square with it. So um, you know I, I messed around with it a little bit and I always saw point of impact shifts and, and it's something that you can't, if you add stress to the system, and you you have an element of um, force that you can't control, and really like when you freak somebody out, it's really hard to measure the amount of force that they're giving because they're you know the adrenaline and, and the focus and their perceptual they're being taxed perceptually trying to figure out how to shoot something. It's really hard to monitor how much force and torque you're putting into that. And I think that when, when your when your left arm is crossing across the axis of your body and trying to torque into that. Um, tripod i think that you're more often than not going to see point of impact shifts uh from that and my 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 guess my hunch although i can't you know just i'm just guessing but my guess would be you'd see left and right shifts uh because of that that would be inconsistent um because of the amount of torque that you can't consistently apply now it doesn't mean people can't apply consistent torque it just means under stress you may not have trained that such that 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 it's under that stress and time hack that you wouldn't be able to monitor it. And I think it's harder to do that with cross torques. So, uh, but you would have to test it on paper. And when I did those tests for myself, like I noticed that, um, you know, I asked a bunch of friends like, Hey man, where'd this come from? Because it's kind of weird. And, and you know, they hypothesized that it came from when tripods were less stable and they already had torque in them themselves. So you're kind of cross torquing a torque that you would already have. And, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that nowadays you don't need to do that, and um, you just need to provide that linear direct force for the tripod and make sure that it's stable and make sure that you understand that the terrain that it's on. If you get off of that and you lean into it, uh, it's easy to have the tripod tip between the legs if you're pushing the wrong direction. So it doesn't hurt just to pick the pick, you know, pick it up and make sure that it's in line with the the line of force. Uh, so that that that's making that that story long. Now, here's the other thing, that tripods get dusty, and everywhere you go, there's dust. Uh, you know, some places are dustier than others, but that gets into the tubes, and you need to take those tubes apart. So get used to taking apart your legs and cleaning out the tubes uh, with, um, you know, I just use a stick and a, and a paper towel, but you want to get that dust out of there, even blow it out, But and, and, because as that dust collects, it'll be harder and harder to open and close. And, um, that could be a pain in the ass if you need to be fast with it. Uh, the opening and closing thing, there's these little gaskets that pinch down. And so, uh, those things break and, and you, you should figure out how to get replacement parts and fix that yourself. And, um, I don't, I don't usually use the pokey, pokey feet. Um, but, uh, I imagine that there's probably a great time and a place for those pokey feet, uh, Again I'm trying to ground it down into gravity Rather than pushing it and torquing it And loading it So if um, if I'm putting enough force To like slide the whole system in a direction I'd rather rebuild a position Where you know gravity was holding it in place And I was kind of pushing into that A little bit linearly into a leg Rather than, than um, Trying to like really Provide a shit ton of force In a direction where it needed legs To like dig into the dirt Um so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of against extra forces on the rifle because the rifle can do its job pretty well by itself. You need to equalize the inputs and the outputs that you have on the system because there's no way to remove the shooter from the system in a dynamic environment. So you want to minimize and understand what those inputs and outputs are and, and I apply that to the, to the tripod as well. But to me it's a, a very important tool and it's really hard to imagine why you wouldn't carry one because of the benefits of the whole system. Now, tripod rear is a cool trick, but really, like most of the time, you're using tripod rear because you were told you need to put the front of the rifle on this pre-designated rest. But in reality, you wouldn't do that. you just shoot off the tripod, and you wouldn't, uh, you know. But on the other hand, like, if you're trying to get like a prone stability and you can have your bipod on something and you don't have a bag, being able to understand how to do that tripod rear clamp, because that applies to tree branches and T-posts and all sorts of shit out in nature, if you have a bipod and you can get a prone, but you don't really have a good rear bag, you could just use the rear um, end of the rifle and use something that's stable there as support on the on the back end of it. So being able to practice that is pretty, pretty useful, but... For the most part, most scenarios that you're asked and 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 contemplate using tripod rear support, you have a tripod, you would probably just shoot off the tripod in the first place. And then uh lastly, I guess I will talk about um, you know, putting the balance point and then sliding it forward. I guess that yeah, you know, I don't I I honestly like I don't understand why that turned into a big debate. I mean it it's just controlling the fulcrum and, and you're very dynamic on the balance point. You're less dynamic on the when it slid forward, but you have more control over the mechanical wobble of that system if you're stable so if you're stable or if if it's very windy and you slide it back um so that the it's clamped in near the bipod you have the ability to, to like stabilize yourself uh a little bit more because you're gonna have sorry, I'm yawning. Uh, you're gonna have um a little bit more mechanical vibration in like the gusting winds if it's on its balance point versus if it's slid back and then you're stable unless it's blowing you around and then you're gonna have to figure out how to be stable uh doing that which you could just mean getting lower or uh but 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 for the most part i would just i would just practice now i've seen some plays on this with slings and clamps and uh, uh you know all sorts of other stuff but again like i try to go towards simpler is better so um you know, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, if you're standing upright uh, with a little forward, you know, you, you you want to have a little forward mat. Like if somebody was going to push into you, like you you don't want to lean too far forward, but you also don't want to be kind of on your heels. Um, that recoil, it's not that it's not that hard, so it's not going to move you that much. Um, you know, that that's kind of the force forward, and you want so you want to be up over your feet. So if you're bent over and cantilevered, you're going to have some inherent uh, mechanical instability. Now if you're leaned over and you're hanging on to the tripod that could be the stability that you need to lean over and utilize it with uh, but it'll be very hard to um to deal with it when it's if it's slid way forward and so having it on the balance point when you're leaned over is going to be a little bit more more stable because obviously your your center of gravity is going to be closer to the tripod so you're going to have that length of pull issue is going to come into play um and so uh you need to play around with it and shoot paper and see what's what are the parameters of stability that you can develop with one or the other? And obviously, if you don't do it very much, it's going to be awkward at first, but you can become as stable as prone, as far as I'm concerned uh, with those. And again, like, you know, my best groups have been shot standing off a tripod because that's what I shoot mostly. I, like, I, I, I shoot like 80, 90% standing and kneeling. I'm very Outside of competition, I very rarely shoot prone or modified prone. Uh, I even, I, I, mean, I really, I don't even check my zero like that, but when, if, if I do, um, you know, I just, I don't know, I just don't find it interesting to just lay down prone and shoot. And so I just don't do it very much. And, and, and it shows as a weakness a little bit because, uh, I don't practice watching trace because I don't see trace standing and kneeling. Uh, and I, and I do sometimes prone, but I don't practice it enough to be able to watch my trace go to the target. I, I usually just practice impacts, uh, and corrections, and and um, you know, so 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 it's a strength that I can develop further is shooting more prone. It's just not something that really gets me excited to go train, and and because of that, and because I don't have any outlets that um, really demand shooting prone, you know, so it's just not something I. Practice. But on the other hand, if, like if I was going to go to Oklahoma or Texas and shoot. Uh, precision competitions you know they're, they're like 80% prone I probably I would probably practice it uh, if, if, if that was important because um, those people are really good at, at doing that and it, and it makes sense and and it does make sense to shoot prone when you can and, and practice it in and especially you know if you're if you're doing it for you know whatever reason and you can like Great, that that's super cool. For me, it's more fun to run around the mountains and and set up you know oddball positions and be able to be dynamic and fast. So that is where I find the strength of the tripod, and uh, you know, but but and and also the tripod prone is very stable for me. So um, I could shoot prone when I've done my test. Prone on a tripod is is really kind of fun, and and in fact, it applies uh, tr- prone tripod shooting. On snow is very very stable, and so you you can't really do it with a bipod on the snow so being adept at being able to do that provides big surface areas so you could just lay down on soft snow and and um shoot right off the top of it if you have a tripod and you fan the legs out so that it's prone uh it's it's that's super fun I've done some of that uh and it and it works extremely well it's fast and it's very very stable um but uh that that's What I have to say about tripods. And, you know, just like everything, you have to put in the time. Like, nobody's going to give you a magic pill or teach you a magic lesson that you're going to go out tomorrow and perform better. You're going to go out tomorrow and train something that feels a little bit awkward. And if it feels a little bit awkward, that means you have gains to make. You make those gains and you put in a couple days of dedicated practice to that. That's where you're going to like wake up one day after doing a sequence of days training a skill to, when you notice that improvement that's where you're going to have improvement right that's where the best shooters are are doing it all right they they may not say it and they might play it down but they're all putting in a lot of work right tens of thousands of rounds a year training and doing drills on the specific things that they're good at so if they're really good at shooting prone they probably shoot prone a ton if they're really good on tripod. They probably shoot t- tripod a ton. The people that are good at everything, they're doing everything a ton. And if you want to get better, that's the secret weapon. Right? Put in the reps, but also put in the reps and think about each one. Because if you're not thinking about it, you're just putting in reps, and you're not. It's not going to uh, cement itself down um, very well. And that's why I say, like, go to a local one-day match and practice everything that you want to do. Practice it at that match and. You know, suffer a little bit and have a lower hip percentage than you might, but you'll be growing at a rate that's faster than the rest of them. And it's only a matter of time that the people that are doing in that base work have enough skills and enough diversity that become hard to beat. So get a tripod and get out there and put in some reps. And if you made it this far, and you still feel like supporting the podcast, go to Riflecraft.com and get a subscription. That subscription supports the podcast. It allows you to see higher-level analytics, and it um, is the only way right now to help support and push this forward. So check out the shop, look at the stuff we got, and um, do that if you want to. Remember, the things that are around are around because people support them financially. And that, that applies, like, I go to the grocery store and I look and I'm like how the hell like you know is this for sale but it's for sale because people buy them and all those ridiculous things people are supporting uh with their with their they're voting with their wallets to to keep around as ridiculous as they might be um so if you want stuff like this to stick around uh, one good way to do it is to subscribe at riflecraft.com uh but that's enough from From this end, Uh, see you next time.